Hello, my name is Nolan Moret, and this is Jack Johnson Podcast number 24. The date is 12-11-20. Jack Johnson, the king of boxing who struck the world by storm back in the day. He used his voice to protect positivity, leadership in the black community, and rights for all. Jack Johnson was a prolific black boxer of the early 1900s. He became the first American world heavyweight champion by beating reigning champion and white boxer Jim Jeffries, also known as the Great White Hope. A Renaissance man is a man who has extensive knowledge in various fields. But what made Jack Johnson a Renaissance man, and a Harlem Renaissance man at that? In order to truly demonstrate that Jack Johnson was a Harlem Renaissance man, Professio Mealy contextualized Johnson's fight through the lens of various prominent black figures during and after the Harlem Renaissance. Jack had a big presence coming in at 240 pounds and six feet and a half inch. He was born on March 31st, 1878. Jack Johnson indeed had a mind, but some saw him for just his body. He was known for his flashy dress, noticeable jewelry, fast cars, and mainly white women who we liked to have fun with. A lot of athletes of color were known to just get paid significantly less than white athletes which impacted Johnson's pay. Being hated by whites, his unequal pay and the riots that started an effect to his victories and publicity made it harder than most boxers for Jack to stay focused. Yet given the hardships, he still stayed determined and kept on horse blinders. July 4th, 1910 proved a skill, tenacity, and how far he came and how far his name traveled in the eye of the public fans, and bystanders. Jack Johnson got off the train that day, ready to put his training to the test. It was Johnson's first fight, and it took place in Reno, Nevada. James Jeffries and Jack Johnson fought for the heavyweight title. Johnson ended up defeating Jeffries, and a lot of whites did not think that Jack deserved to take the belt from Tommy Burns, who, which was a Canadian who earned it in 1908. Jack Johnson in 1910 was probably the most hated man in white America. In part of his apparent lack of concern that many whites hated him. Always the gold tooth smile seemed to mock the tenets of the day, which in that blacks should defer to whites. And above all, a black man should never ever look at a white woman, much less marry one. Jack Johnson married three white women, said LA Times. Segregation and discrimination had existed for as long as history had talked about it, unfortunately. It feels as though history is repeating itself in the 20th century in regard to prejudiced people and athletes have started to use social media as a way to combat that and to project positivity and equality. LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players in today's standards, and he constantly uses Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms to promote his ethical, political, and moral views, which reaches to many, since he is a great role model to a lot. If Johnson had today's technology, he could reach a bigger population and push for change in the right direction. A quote. In 19, sorry, in 1896, in play, Plessy v. Ferguson, the Supreme Court upheld segregation laws in public transportation. At the time, there were few places in America where blacks were permitted 
in hotels, theaters, churches, schools, or trains occupied by whites without being restricted to the colored section. In 1907, the Supreme Court upheld the rights of railroads to segregate passengers on interstate trips. Even when such segregation ran counter to the laws in the states which the train was traveling. We need to take this negativity head on as I feel like reading about it from the past and seeing today not much has changed for the better. The Jack Johnson film Unforgivable Blackness by PBS was a three-hour documentary that discussed his accolades and also his struggles through his boxing career. For more than 13 years, Jack Johnson was one of the most well-known and notorious African-Americans in the world. Jack took orders from no one, and he did not only fight in the ring, but with his voice as well. He was raised in Texas and was one of six kids. His parents always put education first, and they made sure that their kids could read and write, and Jack was only taught for five years. When he was 12, he ran away with his, from his family to fulfill a dream in New York City. Steve Brody was an idol to Johnson, which was one of the reasons he set off to New York. As Johnson turned out to be an idol for many years later on. Once he met Steve, he traveled back to his home in Texas. I believe this action showed just how determined he was to get something he believed in done, and it resonated with him with anything he set his mind to years later. The Battle Royale stuck out to me in the documentary because it was one of it was a game that white men made people of color to participate in behind buildings. Battle Royale consisted of ten boys of color who had to fight blindfolded while drunken spectators would throw coins at them, whoever won, and Johnson was always the winner when it came to this game. When he wasn't in the spotlight, he served as a sparring partner for other athletes during the week. As a means of transportation from town to town, Johnson would ride the rails, as some people say, on trains, and then he would find fights to partake in. The rules were constantly changing with boxing, and they had to host some of the meets offshore on boats to keep the lawmakers away. Boxing was and still is a huge way to gamble. Horse racing, boxing, and baseball were the three largest sports then, and even some states outlawed boxing. As a way to participate, the athletes and fans would have to travel to places where the sport was legal. John L. Sullivan was one of the hometown heroes of many. His picture was even hung up in shops all around town, and he really fought to keep his title. Sullivan believed that fighting proved his masculinity and was one of and even one of the quotes he said was, when I must, when I shall. With that being said, he came across as cocky to some and said that he could, quote unquote, be any son of a bitch as long as he is white. I refuse to white fight a black man. Sports of all kinds have been viewed as showing who the most talent or skill is to compete a task in, and it shows their ability. Regardless of his skin tone, Johnson definitely proved himself and helped show whites that people of color are just as good, if not better, at their sports. Shown the history of sports and athletes, 
we need to still work on respecting hearing the voices of those who are of color, their rights and point of views. The NBA, NFL, and MLB have pushed equal equality and opportunities for all of those, and it is a step in the right direction. Thank you for attending Sports History 101, and I'm your host, Nolan Moret.